This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 23 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, presented by Equestrian Life. Exclusive coverage of the world of dressage. We would like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life. They can be found at equestrianlife.com and Kentucky Performance Products online at kppusa.com. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Debbie McDonald, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show presented by Equestrian Life. Hi, Debbie. Well, before we get started, we're going to have a quick word from Glenn the Geek. (laughs) Okay. Hi, everyone. Glenn the Geek here. On Sunday, we had an unfortunate circumstance here at the Horse Radio Network. The home pages of our websites were hacked by some radical extremist terrorists. No, I'm not kidding. And some rather disturbing images overwrote our home pages. We were alerted very soon after it happened by a listener, and with the help of our hosting company, we were able to get it back to normal very quickly. For any of you that happened to visit uh, one of the sites on Sunday, rest assured that we were as disturbed by it as you must have been. Don't worry if you did visit. Nothing was transmitted to your computer. It was a simple replacement of our home pages. Fortunately, this was a pretty simple attack, and our databases with over 260 radio shows now were never compromised in any way. And as we have no membership accounts or anything like that on our website, uh, there was no information that you might have there that would have been compromised either. I would like to thank the support team at HostMonster for being so wonderful to work with. They have hosted all our websites at HostMonster.com since the beginning of the Horse Radio Network, and they have been absolutely wonderful to work with. I highly recommend, if you need a hosting company for your website, uh, I don't think you can go wrong with HostMonster.com. Well, thank you, everybody, and on with the program. We just wanted to let the few of you that might have uh, tuned in on Sunday let you know what was going on and that it's under control. So enjoy and have fun and have a safe ride, everybody. Well, thanks, Glenn, for explaining that to our audience. And uh, Debbie, we've got quite a full show lined up this evening. We're going to be talking to somebody called Jan Coy. Jan is an adult amateur based in uh, Western Kentucky, and uh, she's also a high school teacher. So she's a very busy lady, but uh, she, like so many adult amateurs, as you come across, I know all the time, Debbie, I mean, they are determined to make it work and because of the love of the sport. Uh, so it'll be interesting to hear from her. You know, what have you been doing since we last spoke? Oh, it seems like I'm not home a lot. I've been doing a lot of coaching and training, and I just got back from doing um, like an equine affair and, uh, in Chilliwack, Canada. And it was quite fun. I saw some really fun horses and got to work with some great riders. So it was really great. I had a wonderful time along with watching some of our Western horsemanship stuff. And I have to tell you, I was uh, amazed. And it just, it just made me really realize that good horsemanship goes in all disciplines. And it, there's something we can learn from everyone when it's done at that level. And it was just really, I have to say, I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, it it it's it, I totally agree with you. You know, it doesn't matter what discipline you you're involved with or or breed or you know whatever you do with horses, there's always something to learn from from each of the others. But I have a question before we go into that, Debbie. Where on earth is what is it? Chipper Chip Aquatic or where, where is Chilliwack? It? Chilliwack. Where, <laughs> where on earth is that? It well, it's about. Um, I landed actually in Billingham, Washington, okay. and then I crossed over the border, and it was just about an hour past the border in British Columbia. In British Columbia, okay, so on on the west coast there, exactly. And and is that a remote area? Where where I mean, um, how far are you from civilization there? Oh, it's not too far from Vancouver, actually. I mean, I guess probably an hour, but it's um beautiful country, really beautiful country. And of course, the 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 fall was just the colors were spectacular. It sounds sounds gorgeous. You know, it's interesting because last week Lisa Wilcox was my co-host here and she'd just come back from Nova Scotia. So what is it about you guys having to go up to Canada now they've stolen Robert Dover? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just got thinking about it too. You know, they talked to me about doing some other clinics and um, I, I honestly can't tell you, but they obviously are really hot to trot and um, they're really fun fun, fun people to be around. So were you teaching individual lessons, Debbie, or do you, or were you a series of clinics? What, what was it you were well, involved? It was, it was basically set up for, you know, um, educational purpose, like a symposium. Um, I was given an hour, uh, about three times a day. And what I did instead of working both students at the same time, I feel that both the horse and rider get more out of it. So I would do it half hour private with each one of them. I see. I see. And, and, you know, play to the audience a little about what it is that I was trying to get across. And was it was really good. And what sort of level of uh, rider would you have up there? I had um, training to to Grand Prix. Um, one of their, their really uh, good riders, Karen Pavici on Lionheart was there. And um, I had some great horses. I have to say it was really, really fun. Well, that's terrific because you you spend so much time traveling now, don't you? I mean, you but you, an awful lot of time is is training, is teaching. That is, I would say, ninety percent of what I'm doing now. Yes, that's fantastic. So you must see a whole gam. I mean, the whole range from all levels and uh, of both horse and rider. Then uh, on your travels, I do, and I really, I have to say, I enjoy all of them. Do you really? Do I you? do. You know, I just enjoy helping people that want to learn and, um, you know, want to take the horse and think about the horse first. You know, that's the most important thing to me. And if they if they're working at it hard and, and they're aware of themselves and, you know, don't get too abusive with their aids, then we get along just fine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, well, tell us how Brentina's doing these days. Oh, she's still enjoying her pasture, I'll tell you. I was uh, sadly mistaken, not sadly, I shouldn't say, but mistaken that she was going to have a hard time converting into retirement. <laughs> she proved me very wrong. She loves every moment of it. Oh, and so does she come in at night? Is she, where, is she, is she in California now or is she? Uh, she's in Idaho. In Idaho. Okay. But all the horses will be moving to California on the, around the 1st, so real soon. Ah. Oh. 
I'm already here, but uh, they'll be coming to meet me here, or like I said, around the first, depending on weather. But she's she'll be coming. Oh, absolutely. She's coming here. We have a pasture ready for her here. So, um, yep. And she does come in at night. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, all our best wishes to Brentina when you next see her from everybody at the Dressage Radio Show because she has fans all over the world. She does. (laughs) And I will definitely let her know and give her an apple and a carrot from everyone. There you go. (laughs) Not all at once, though. (laughs) Not all at once. (laughs) All right, Debbie, before we get started here, uh, you know, we do have another uh, couple of items of news um, to to report this week. And I'm, I'm very sad to say that uh, one of those items involves Rendezvous, the 14-year-old Danish warm-blood mare uh, that was ridden for so long by Courtney King Dye, owned by Francine Walter, Walker. And uh, tragically, tragically, she broke a, a small paston bone in the pasture uh, last week and, and had to be euthanized. And this just 10 days after Courtney lost her other partner, Mithilius. Um, devastating, Debbie. I mean, not only to lose one horse, but to lose two in such a short space of time. I, I really, I can't even imagine my my sympathy and, and thoughts are with Courtney and just, uh, I, I can't even believe it. When I read that the other day, I just thought, how can one person deserve such misery? And it's just so unfair. And, um, and you know, doing something as, as simple as being turned out in a paddock and, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that that happens in life and nobody knows why, but uh, you know, all I can say is it's, it's sad. It's very sad. It is very, very sad indeed. And our heart goes out to, to Courtney to have to endure uh, two losses in such a short space of time. And as you say, she was just turning her out in a very tiny area of the paddock because we all know our dressage horses, uh, you know, are so precious. You hate for them to sort of run around and, and, and injure themselves in the paddock. And very, and a lot of uh, um, dressage horses, Debbie, are not even turned out in a paddock. They're, they're um, hand grazed, aren't they? Because people are so nervous about them hurting themselves. It's very true. And I think, um, you know, we've all, we've all faced those moments of when you get them to a place in their career, do we risk doing it? And you hear of so many situations where it does happen that, um, it does make one very nervous. It really, it really does. Well, very, very sad for, for Courtney, but hopefully she'll find other young horses to bring along and, and replace these wonderful partners that she's had. Oh, I'm sure she she will, and and uh, you know the rider that she is. I I'm sure there's many people out there that will help support her. Well, in the meantime, across the pond, Debbie, there's been a lot of activity with the Dressage Task Force. Um, you know that was set up by um, the Dressage FEI Dressage Committee to com- do a complete review of the sport, and they have concluded now with an, an, a report which is going to be submitted to the FEI's bureau at the General Assembly, which will be held in Copenhagen, Denmark, next month, in the middle of next month, the 15th to the 20th of November. And the report is all of 50 pages, and this uh, the task forces strive to, excuse me, communicate, <clears throat> um, uh, to improve communications between riders, trainers, judges, national federations and organizers, and 
they've been looking at all kinds of things from judging training and, and, and education, the review of qualifications. And uh, it's, it's been a whole gamut of the sport, not least of all because of the, the you know, what we've endured in the last um, year or so, Debbie. It, it's, it's a, probably a very necessary overhaul of the sport. Well, for sure. I think it's been long overdue to get to this point. And, you know, I think it's just gotten to be where we have to do something or we are going to lose this sport. So um, my hat's off to them for for taking this and and let's just see what happens from this, you know, this whole presentation that they're going to do. I'm, I'm very anxious to hear what comes of this. Well, we'll be following that as uh, as we mentioned. That's going to take to the presentation will be to the bureau in November, so we'll be following that with interest and seeing where this leads us as we head into another championship year next year. Um, and one of the things I did read in that uh, re- report, Debbie, was the question of anonymity because in some sports, apparently, the judges are anonymous. If you have a, a score from a number of judges. Um, they actually don't identify the judges or who's who's marked you know whose marks they uh, uh, the score is attributed to um, but apparently what they have decided to do is to in the interest of transparency uh, they have decided to go not not to go with that trend but to identify the judges as we always have done but not um, their national federation not their national identity and that's interesting because you know if you look at your at your dressage sheet you get the judge's name and the usually the country exactly but, but they're going to take away the country apparently because their point is that uh, by removing the national identity uh, that they they that they they're going to do that because uh, the the judges are actually representing the FEI and not the national federations. Well, that's very interesting. I I don't quite grasp all that, but um, I'm sure they've looked into it um, long and hard. And there's there's got to be a reason behind it. But I am glad that uh, everyone will be, uh, you know, noticed. I think it's not going to be hard for anybody to figure out who anybody's where everybody's from. <laughs> well, I think so. You know, when you look at those sheets and you look, I don't know. I mean, as as a journalist, I look at immediately if I don't recognize the name, uh, I look at the country, you know, and and the score of that rider. Absolutely. Um, so it will be it'll be interesting, and we'll have to do a little bit more research as journalists. We'll have to do a bit more research if we don't know them to find out. Yeah, we're going to be asking you who they are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, where's this one from? <laughs> All right. Well, we will follow that with interest. And uh, but but before we go any further into the show this evening, we are going to take a short break and uh, uh, listened from to one of our commercial um, support supporters here, Equestrian Life. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. It is fantastic to have our friends at Equestrian Life as the title sponsors for the Dressage Radio Show. If you have not been to Equestrian Life yet, you need to go. In addition to being the official social community for the Horse Radio Network, it is one of the fastest-growing horse communities on the Internet. It is truly the Facebook for horse people. The goal of EquestrianLife.com is to bring equestrians together and to provide them with the breadth and depth of information and tools they need to learn and connect with other horse lovers who share the same passion. 
EquestrianLife.com is a fun, inviting website that strives to provide its members with a world-class experience that fosters the expression of all the ways people enjoy their horses and the people who are part of the horse world. EquestrianLife.com's social media platform provides users with cutting-edge applications and tools, such as people in horse profiles, social Q&A, status updates, messaging, photo uploading, groups, comments, blogs, expert high-definition videos, directories, birthday reminders, alerts, messaging, and on and on and on, in addition to their partnership with the Horse Radio Network. This community is designed by horse people for horse people and is filled with educational and entertaining video and audio all about our horses. Ride on over to Equestrian Life today, sign up for free, and tell all of your friends. If you love horses, EquestrianLife.com is the place to be. Well, thanks to Equestrian Life, our official social network, and don't forget to check them out at EquestrianLife.com. Well, Debbie, we're going to be uh, talking now to an adult amateur, Jan Coy, who uh, uh, hails from Western Kentucky. She's uh, um, been participating in the sport for a little while now. It seems to have had quite a colorful background, uh, having had a go at a a range of things, from saddlebreds to draft horses and all kinds of things in her time, but settled on dressage. And like so many adult amateurs who you come across, of course, all the time, um, they make their full-time job fit in with their, um, their, with their love of, of dressage. So uh, let's get Jan on the line. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I have to say, you know, they, these are the people that support our sport, and, and it's great to have them when they have a love of it like she does. Well, Jan, thanks so much for joining us on the Dressage Radio Show tonight. Um, now, we've heard a little bit about you in in your background and that you got into the sport later. You've done a lot of other things. but So uh, w- w- since you're a typical adult amateur, Jan, tell us a little bit about how you got persu- got involved and got interested in dressage. I have always been interested in the English disciplines, although I had a brief... I did the app circuit for a little while earlier in my adult riding, but I always enjoyed the English disciplines better. Did some hunters. It just seemed to be a natural natural progression because dressage benefits every horse, no matter what they're doing. And I always, even when I was doing my stadium rounds, it might be you're in there 90 seconds, but 60 seconds of that is getting from one jump to the next. And just having a nice, flexible horse that will listen to you and makes makes a stadium round that much more enjoyable just seemed to naturally progress to dressage because I always had to buy green horses due to my limited budget. And they could be a little scary jumping sometimes. So um, as I got longer in the tooth, so to speak, I thought, well, I... Maybe I just needed to just do the dressage, and it's been a great move because it's just it's so helpful in so many different ways, not only physically but mentally, and just makes every horse better in my experience. So that's kind of how I got here. Now you're in Western Kentucky, right? Tell us a little bit about uh, your situation. You're you have a full time job. You're a high school teacher. Yes, I'm in actually Central Kentucky. I'm about. Mm, probably 35 miles southeast of Louisville, and I am a high school teacher, yes. So I do this, 
uh, although teaching does afford me, luckily, some extra time off that I can devote to writing, which is wonderful. But it, uh, I have to <laughs> have to work to support my horse habit, as I think a lot of adult amateurs and a lot of my friends are in the same situation. So we um, fit riding in as much as we can and as much as our budget allows and have a good time with it. So tell us about the horse you have and and what level do you ride at at the moment, Jan? I'm still training in first, plugging along, trying to get the basics perfected. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And and tell us about your horse. My horse is a thoroughbred. I actually have two thoroughbreds. One is, um, actually they both did some racing and... The horse that I use predominantly for dressage is, um, he's 16. He was, um, belonged to a student of Krissa Hoffman's, who's a wonderful trainer that I work with some in uh, Prospect, Kentucky. And this student, and actually the lady that I bought this horse from, bought him as an adult amateur beginner rider in her mid-40s. And he took such good care of her that and I'm in my 50s so um he took he took such good care of this lady that Chris thought he'd be a wonderful horse for me and he has he's schooled through second with Chris and his former owner so I'm hoping that uh I can get to that spot but I'm just working training in first now but he's a wonderful horse he's a great trail horse as well i think trail and other things helps horses i don't think they should do the same thing all the time i think they get a little bored if you if you do the same old thing all the time he's wonderful i know on the trail it's like he's a thoroughbred i I don't want to know why people uh i guess they see thoroughbreds at the races and they think they're a bit hyper and uh, uh just kind of crazy but they have their game face on they're doing their job and the if you get them away from that environment they're wonderful and i i really do i'm not breed i love thoroughbreds but i think there are good and bad horses in every breed and they're wonderful horses. i can enjoy a wonderful horse and appreciate it any breed but thoroughbreds are just the breed that i tend to gravitate toward i just i love their heart i love their athleticism and they're just good guys in my experience most of the time so and actually I christened this horse Mr. Wright <laughs> because, <laughs> because he is <laughs> it's uh, finally found Mr. Wright so will you be uh, uh, watching the World Equestrian Games when they come to the Kentucky Horse Park next year and following the stars of dressage oh absolutely I, I wouldn't I wouldn't miss it look I can't believe it's less than a year away that's pretty exciting well, yes, terrific. I will. I just, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Well, they're a great inspiration to us, and we really appreciate you spending the time and sharing your journey with us, uh, Jan. That's uh, that's been fun. I hope you've enjoyed it too. And a lot, uh, I know a lot of our listeners will identify with uh, how you make dressage work and fit into your lifestyle now. Well, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you so much, Jan. All right. Thank you. Well, that was good to hear from Jan and, you know, get a different perspective. Very entertaining and we appreciate her joining us uh, on the Dressage Radio Show today.
Well, we're going to take another short break here um, for KPP USA. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Debbie and her tip of the week. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we talk a lot about Kentucky Performance Products, and that's because they are a name you can trust to give you the most value for your supplement money. Kentucky Performance Products offer supplements designed to target specific problems and are made with high-quality ingredients included at effective levels. The company's supplements are intended to complement, not compete, with your dressage horse's current feeding program, guarding against over-supplementation, and each product is backed by sound research and the money-back satisfaction guarantee. And today, we'd like to talk to you about Nalox, the original equine antacid. It's recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen as a way of maintaining a healthy stomach, which reduces the risk of ulcers. Nalox can be given daily to horses exposed to stressful conditions or as needed when shipping, competing, or during stall confinement. You know, you can learn about Nalox and all the products at Kentucky Performance Products at KPP. USA.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at KPPUSA.com. Well, Debbie, what have you got in store for us this week with a tip? Well, Chris, you know, going around as much as I have been lately and doing clinics, um, the one thing that I really would just like to keep uh, reinforcing is. Um, when everybody goes and starts warming up their horses, I think it's it's so important that people spend a little bit more time than they think they need to in their warm up and really honestly and truly figure out if they've got their horse really where the where the rhythm is really correct and uh, the horse feels supple to both directions and they can do transitions in and out of canter trot trot canter. And then, you know, th- that might take them 15, 20 minutes. I mean, it's possible to do take that time in your warm-up, but I guarantee it's better to do that and have 10 or 15 minutes of really great work from your horse. You know, I mean, this is more about the quality of work than the quantity, and I just can't keep, like I said, enforcing that enough. I think people love the the quantity part instead of the quality sometimes. And that that's something I think we need to really take a look at. And I think also <clears throat> that <clears throat> leads me to the, 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 the horse show syndrome that we seem to have here and that people think that they've got to be competing all the time. That's yeah. absolutely correct. Um, you know, it's, it's good to, I'm not going to say that competing is not good. Obviously we need to do that and we need to figure out where we are in our training. But, um, what I really think people need to, to think about is they, they're always so quick to move up another level just because the, they showed second level last year. They think they've got to show third, the next. And I think they really need to like, take a look at their quality again, is what I'm saying of the work that they're doing and the scores that they're getting and really um, take care of, of the future of our sport. And consolidate with what you've learned. And, and when you come away from a competition, just do a complete review, what, what worked, what didn't work, um, and consolidate on your, on your homework, don't you? It isn't, wouldn't you agree, Debbie? I mean, that's what's so important is the foundation. It's like a building block. Well, that's exactly. I mean, that is like the the pyramid. You know, we we have to go back sometimes, if not every day, at some point in our riding, and and solidify the 
the basics and that's what it's about. I mean, when those are really grounded and, and really, really enforced and the horse is really with you, um, the collection and the upper level movements are, are really not that difficult, but it's just that people get in a hurry. And why, why do you think that is, Debbie? Do you think it's our culture or the, a generational thing? Why do you think it is that people, you know, are impatient uh, about, about competing, feeling they have to keep moving forward, competing, moving up the levels instead of concentrating on, you know, solidifying and, and, and stabilizing the basics and, and make, making, getting more excellent in those, in, you know, in those movements that they, you know, right. Then, you know, I, why, why do you think there's such impatience there? Well, I do think a lot of it is our culture. I mean, uh, you look at our everyday life, we're always seem to be in a hurry. And I think it's very important that when people take that hour to ride their horse or whatever, that they, they forget about what's happened and they bring themselves to a place mentally where they're working with their horse and, um, and, and take it more as, as like a, you know, pianist would when they're playing a piece of music or something and they want it, they hit a note that's wrong. I mean, they don't just keep going on and on and on when they're hitting bad notes, they have to go back and perfect it, especially if they're going to be performing in front of somebody. So it's really no different. It's just that, um, again, I think our culture creates that kind of, uh, attitude in people and, um, and I think it, it is fun for the amateurs to feel that 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 movement of, you know, the little upper level stuff. And um, and I think they should. That's what I said. They're they're the supporters of our of our sport. But I think as trainers, it's also our job to make sure that um, that it's done correctly and in the proper amount of time. And when you're going around teaching as much as you do, Debbie, do you get any resistance from riders, maybe from impatience from children or younger people? Or or did, what, what kind of response do you get? Do you get people turning around and saying, you know, no, I rode second level last year. It's time I moved on. Do, do you get that kind of agitation from them? No, I really don't, Chris. And the reason I don't is because when I test them, to make sure that they know exactly what they think they know and then they realize how little that they did know <laughs> or how well how much better that their horses can go i think it makes them feel like oh god you know i i can even i can make that score that was a a 62 a 68 and that's kind of in exciting them you know um, knowing that they can do something a little differently to improve that, I think gives them a boost. I don't think it deflates them by any sense of the game. Well, well, that that's good to hear because I think you know so much of the pure horsemanship is is just is so fundamental, and and so often you know we 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 see people drifting away from this. I you know I think of George Morris, of course, who is you know is passionate about establishing good horsemanship and and not necessarily showmanship. That you don't have to go out and compete every time. He's been a great advocate of that too, hasn't he? In in the jumping world, absolutely. I mean, I grew up with George's philosophy my whole life, and um, I think a lot of us in that era did. And um, you know, I think that's something we can continue to pass on through generation and generation, and. That's, you know, that's kind of my hope is that I can pass a little bit of that on 
and uh, continue growing the sport. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you for that, Debbie. And uh, this segues very nicely into uh, a, a listener email that we received from uh, a lady in uh, Kuwait, Suzanne, who's a dressage trainer in the sunny Gulf, as she describes it. And uh, I think if she needs any help, she knows where to come, Debbie, because uh, we know how much you like traveling the globe and helping these people. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, she she writes a big thank you to us. She said, we all need we need all the help we can get with non-existing dressage in Kuwait. I try to find all poss- all possibilities on the web to give a few riders who hopefully will make it here in Kuwait. Uh, I will listen in daily and enjoy the experience. She clearly enjoys the dressage radio show. And uh, luckily, no snow here. She says, that, that must be a reference to you, Debbie, after you won the show last time. <laughs> well, I want to thank her. And I hope she does keep um, listening in. And we'll keep trying to give you tips and uh, and help you out there. There and- you go. And uh, if you want to send an email to, to Debbie, send it to me. If, she, if you need her to go to Kuwait, <laughs> uh, I'd be happy to go along with her and carry her bags. So, so, but you may have to send the email to me before I can pass it on to Debbie. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we also have some comments on our Facebook page. Um, you know, we have a Facebook fan page, Debbie, and uh, we we get some comments on there too, which we're delighted about. One from a uh, Jackie or J A C I. I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly, but that apologies. Right. Is that right, Jackie Mor- Morovich? And uh, she says she doesn't know much about dressage, but she enjoys the show. Uh, so <laughs> that's wonderful. And hopefully you're learning something along the way, Jackie. And uh, we also had a, um, an email from Rhiannon Dwayne. She uh, comments that she really enjoyed this interview. And that was in reference to uh, our interview with um, Isabel Verth a few weeks ago. And that was a very, very popular show. I think everybody wanted to know whether she was going to have a boy or a girl, Debbie. I think that's why they listened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And we also got one from um, a comment from Kay Summercamp. And uh, she says she loves the Dressage Radio Show. She says, I think my husband likes it too because it makes housework more tolerable for me, even though I'd rather be at the barn. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And uh, Desi, and she was referring to Desi Dillingham, who was our guest in episode 13 from England. She said she was an inspiration. She said, I think our regions could learn from her. I think I will have to see if I can audit one of Heather's clinics. That's Heather Blitz, of course, who was a former co-host on the show. Um, she obviously likes Heather's clinics and says, keep up the good good work. So thanks very much, Kay, for taking the time to write to us. We love to hear from you all. Yeah, uh, that's fun to fun to see those and share those too, Chris. It is, isn't it, Deb? You know, it it really tells us that somebody's out there listening to us. So that's that's always nice to know. Um, and I should remind you all that if you do have any questions or comments for Debbie on the show, please write to me at chris at horseradionetwork dot com, and I'll make sure to send those over to Debbie. And uh, she'll be joining us again in a couple of weeks. And and be happy to respond to you if you have any any questions on training or the tip of the week or uh, or if you if you have any uh, questions about um a, a tips from Debbie I'm sure she'd be delighted to to ha- to re- respond to those so feel free Absolutely. to I would love to There you go so um 
write to me at chris at horseradionetwork.com or you can leave a voicemail if you prefer by going to our website at dressageradio.com. That number there is 270-803-0025. Again, that number is on the website. And as I mentioned, we have a terrific uh, active active fan page on the uh, on Facebook, the Dressage Radio Show. Just search for Dressage Radio Show and you'll, you'll find it there. You can join the fan page. Keep up with us uh, on that. And we also post, and Glenn... Glenn is responsible for this. Every time the show is posted each week, he he puts a, a link up on the fan page. So that will come up on your profile every week to remind you that the Dressage Radio Show is live on the website. You can listen right from Facebook, too, if you prefer. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio, and you can follow me at Chris E. Stafford. You can find me on Twitter at Chris E. Stafford. I tweet about the shows all the time. Uh, are you into Twitter tweeting <laughs> no. yet, Deb? No, and you know, I just can't get over that word either. I'm <laughs> sorry. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't tweet. No, I'm sorry. I don't, Chris. <laughs> 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 well, it's amazing how popular this is becoming, and that you know I follow a lot of people in in the news world too, and it's a great way to get um, you know. But Euro Dressage, for example, is great at tweeting, and they they put news up there all the time, and they just put one sentence, you know, and the link they're right there, so you click on the link, and it takes you to their website when they've posted a news story. So. Uh, I, 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 you know, it does. It does have its role. It, it really does, and it's. I think it's gaining in, in popularity too. I know. Obviously, <laughs> I might have to catch up on that someday. <laughs> All right. Well, if you need any help, I can help you set up your Twitter account, and you can <laughs> as long as you like. <laughs> All right. Thank you on that, Chris. <laughs> uh, well, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life and Kentucky Performance Products. Don't forget to check them out at kppusa.com and Equestrian Life, our presenting sponsor here on the Dressage Radio Show and the official social network of Horse Radio Network can be found at equestrianlife.com. Well, Debbie, we're just plain running out of time this week. We've had a blast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Oh, totally. I think we've had a great time this week. We really have. Well, Lisa will be back again next week. And in the meantime, where are you jetting off to next? Well, I hope I'm home for the month of November. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, that, that's good. Okay. Well, you're waiting for the horses to get over to California and enjoy some of that sunshine. Absolutely. Terrific. Well, thanks again for joining us, Debbie. Really appreciate your company. It's been fun. And uh, we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks time. All right, Chris. Take care. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy your riding. <laughs>